0: Um, and it's been really great. We have people listening from all over the world now, um, since it went up, uh, and do do a review, you know, like be prop us up. We're small. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you can listen to it there, but that's why I record them these days so that I can pop it up on there. If it happens to work out, I don't put everyone on there. Cause I'm like, that was a dud. You know? Um, so sometimes it is. Sometimes I lose my train of thought, and then I'm somewhere else where I meant to be way over here. You know how that happens? And you're like, I don't know. All right, let's do some yoga. That always works. <laughs> um, so I wrote this article maybe like a year and a half ago. Um, and then I submitted it to be published, and it was accepted, which all my writer friends are like, what the hell? Because I, like, I've never submitted anything to be published before. And, like, my first one, they were like, oh, take it. Like, I didn't have one rejection letter before I got an acceptance letter. Which is not, I don't think, how it normally goes. Um, And so it was published last week, I believe. um, And it was about my divorce. And it was not polite. Like, it was how I talk normally, like, lots of fucks. And um, talking about wanting to punch people in the face a little bit. And... (laughs) Um, I got a lot of texts and messages on the Instagram that were like are you okay (laughs) which I had forgotten that that would probably happen because now I'm fine right but back then I was like so not okay it was a little bit um, intense and there's a way um, that we actually just read this article where Miley Cyrus talks about that how she'll write a song and it will be of this particular moment and then the moment is gone and then people are essentially doing the same thing like, hey, Miley, are you okay, you know? (laughs) Uh, But the moment passes, right, and we change. And there's a way to sort of frame it um, where with three words. One is that we are oriented in our lives in a very specific way, right? Um, Like we have our thing going, we have our habits, we have our patterns, we have our like routines and our family and the way that we're we're like, okay, this is how it should look. And then inevitably, usually for most of us, the universe will come along and spin us around and disorient us. And it might be by our own personal choice and it might be by um, a tragedy that happens. It might be from something else intervening, but it's pretty much guaranteed that when we feel oriented that there's going to become a point in our lives where we become disoriented, right? And in the disorientation, what tends to happen is that we don't know, um, it's almost like a spiritual vertigo, right? Where we're okay, kind of, but also not okay, both at once, right? Right? Um, because most of us as adults if we're handling our stuff we can still like do our work and be in our lives but there is also a part of us that feels heartbroken and broken during this disorientation period do you know what I'm talking about and um, then after that happens in my work that was very difficult for me during that period of complete disorientation and grief was to try not to make meaning of it all the time where you know it's so hard because you're like, well, this grief means this, and then it's going to be like this, and you start to like tell the story before the story has even happened, and what that does is it pulls us out of presence, right? When we start the meaning-making before it's time, before the tea has steeped, it pulls us out of presence, um, and so my work became for a really long time, can I just sit with how uncomfortable this is? Can I sit with how horrible it feels to have my family torn apart? Is that possible? Can I just sit in it rather than make meaning of it? Because making meaning is comforting. You're like, ooh, then I'm going to be more loving and compassionate. And, you know, you start to, like, tell the story. But at the time, I didn't feel that way. People would come up to me and say, oh, my God, divorce is the best thing I've ever done in my life. And I would be like, I want to punch you in the face. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's, how, that's how it felt. I say that in the article. (laughs) It's not polite. Um, And there's a word uh, in Hebrew that I really like. You have to say it. Have you, um, if you ever know a Hebrew person who has a Hebrew name and it starts with an H, you have to do the. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You guys know. There it was. (laughs) So it's called chesed. You can say it. It's really fun to say chesed, chesed, and it means loosely the translation is kindness. But more, Hebrew words always have layered and layered and layered and layered meanings, right? That's why um, the rabbi's job is to be essentially an intellectual, to be studying the scriptures in this really deep way, because the layers and layers and layers are there. Sanskrit is very similar in that way, the language of yoga. Um, So the loose sort of truncated translation is kindness, but what it actually means is that capacity to hold the okay and the not okay all at once right um so it's more of like a conversational love a back and forth kind of love a back and forth kind of kindness where there's room for faith and trust and like a knowing of who we are in this world of our work in the world of our connection with ourselves with god and our relationships but also that we're lost and that we're not okay in the moment does that make sense you guys And our hearts, the cool thing is, is that our human hearts, we all the time think that we're limited, have the capacity to hold both of those truths at once, to be able to hold the okay and the not okay, to hold the anger and the faith and the trust that there's something in this for us, right? And as yogis, I think part of our way in which we become more um, responsive rather than reactive people in the world is beginning to know in those moments, right, of lostness, of messiness, of grief, of where when we're um, disoriented, of being able to know and trust that there's something in it for us. And also to be okay with not knowing what that is yet, right? To wait for the reorientation to happen. So I love this word. I learned it from um, a teacher called Rob Bell. He talks about words a lot, and so I'm always like, I'm like, what do you got, Rob Bell? <laughs> um <laughs> But that's what this word means. It's, al- it's, also, um, it's, very, it's, it's also in relationship to our relationship with God, where there can be a back and forth, where there can be questioning, where there can be doubt. And in those moments of disorientation, there's usually a lot of that. Does that make sense? Um, so today we're going to experience uh, metaphorically in our bodies a little bit of disorientation. And then reorientation with a lot of engagement and presence, right? And not a lot of meaning-making until later. And then you'll see. It'll be revealed. (laughs) Bring your hands to your heart. I feel... um, The word in yoga, for the part of us in Sanskrit, for the part of us that is always connected, that is always rooted in love, is bhaga. And you'll find that little root word in all sorts of other words. But I find it so reassuring that there's a part of us that is eternal that is consistent? That even though there can be swirling and disorientation and reorientation, that there can be a part of us that is stable? And is it possible through presence for us to connect to that part? And if you ever meet a person who says, I don't know what you mean by disorientation, yes they do (laughs) (laughs) like they're right in it probably right then